having the peers that are almost in the same position as you are going through the same struggles and, and, and learning and doing it and failing it and doing it again. I think that was the game changer, I would say. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And today I've got a little bit different podcast for you guys. So I had one of our uh, Seven Figure Runway members. So you guys know uh, the old Six Figure Flipping Group. We kind of renamed the Six Figure Flipping and Seven Figure Flipping Group recently into the uh, Seven Figure Runway and Seven Figure Altitude. So one of our runway members was messaging me yesterday and asking me some questions and um, just kind of talking about some, like having some questions and some things in his mind about his business. And I said, you know what? I said, look, I'm, I'm willing to get on a call with you, and but we, we're going to put it on the podcast. So uh, reluctantly, I kind of pushed and I said, look, if you want to talk with me for a little while, that's fine. But my time is super limited now. And what I really do is, is the questions he was asking and some of the things that he was saying, they they just struck me where I was a few years ago. And I know that I, I said to him, I said, more people need to hear this conversation than just me and you. And it's not because I don't want to have this conversation over and over again. It's not because I don't want to get on a call with someone. It's just the fact that I feel like even, even those, those of you who are not in our mastermind groups, you're not in the runway group or the altitude group or involved with us at all, but just listen to the podcast. This is something that you need to hear in your business right now. I'm telling you. And, and we need to, even if you're not in the real estate business, you need to hear it because I've been down this road a ton of times. So, so today, what, what we're going to do, I'll, we'll get some background um, on this guy. We'll talk a little bit about his, his business, treat it like the podcast in the beginning, and then we're going to transition to him asking me some questions and things like that that he wants to know about his, his company. Because basically, just background for you guys, he said that I'm in the runway group. I started hiring people. I, 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 I put it all in since Flip Hacking Live last year and then this year, and uh, I just feel like I need something. You know, I need something uh, and some, some guidance. And he said, I'm going to be in the Altitude group very soon. So um, this is kind of the, the push that, that he had, and I wanted to jump on this call. So we're just going to air it right on the podcast. We're just going to jump into it like it's a podcast, and then we'll save kind of a, the second half to any questions that he has, almost like a coaching call a little bit. So, okay, Mr. E-Class Mercedes himself. So um, <laughs> before we were getting on the call, I was like, how? How do I, and if you guys are watching it on video, if you're on our YouTube channel, the seven figure flipping YouTube channel, those numbers and letters under his name are not his real name. That would be something I can definitely not pronounce, but this, this is one of our members, E-Class Kuliev. Did I say that right? The last name? You, 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 you nailed it. Yes. Oh, yes. Awesome. So when you see the spelling of his name in the email, that's E-Class Mercedes. So uh, he was kind of joking about the Mercedes thing before. Uh, you, would you say you're a, you're more of a Lamborghini kind of guy? Uh, well, I'm more of a more of a Toyota kind of guy, but uh, the, the the easiest way to, to remember my name is is think of it as a car, like an E class. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I nailed it uh, first time. So okay, tell us a little bit about you, about your business, kind of like your background in your kind of full time job, and then your transition mm-hmm. to real estate a little bit, just to give us an idea of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I've been in you know um, in real estate business prior to. Uh, attending Flip Hacking Live on a more of a, as a hobby, um, landlord, uh, buying and selling real estate, um, mostly for buy and hold reasons, um, and then occasional flips. I'm employed full-time. I've been employed in a, a professional services organization, a consulting company. Um, 
I've got several degrees and uh, <clears throat> I'm currently uh, employed for a big uh, uh, IT company. Okay, so what kind of degrees? Uh, you got a couple degrees, what, uh, like uh, you got a PhD or something like that? I got, I got, I, no, I've got um, a degree in, uh, in accounting. I'm a CPA. I don't really, uh, I'm not a CPA by profession. I'm also in IT and I'll go I'll also do um, IT, like IT management, cybersecurity uh, for a full-time job. Okay, nice. And how long have you been doing that for? Uh, for about uh, over a decade now. Okay. And when did you get into real estate? Tell us a little bit about kind of how you got into real estate, what it looked like. I got into real estate because <clears throat> um, when I was in college, uh, preparing and studying for my CPA, uh, I've seen the kind of wealth that real estate can generate for people because I was doing uh, some of the high-end um, clients' taxes, see their uh, financial statements. That's prior to my starting my career in, in IT. So that's got, got me really, really interested in, uh, in real estate. I know what real estate can do uh, in terms of you know, magnifying uh, the, the, the wealth, if you will. Um, a lot of people, especially uh, high-end, um, high-income uh, people, do invest heavily in, in real estate. That's not necessarily the only avenue. They have multiple streams of income, but real estate is absolutely one of them um, that I've seen. So... Uh, so real estate has been really kind of passion of mine. And then of course the TV shows that I've been watching, uh, you know, uh, I like to build, uh, I like to design things and I like to see the final product, uh, versus when you're living in a big corporate world, uh, you don't necessarily get involved with the final product, uh, that, that the product is kind of removed from you. Um, uh, especially, uh, as you work in the large organizations, right. But, uh, with the real estate, you can, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can smell it, you can see the final product. And I, that, that piece really excited me. So that's how I got started in real estate. Um, when was that? So, um, <clears throat> so I started close to 2013, I'd say. Um, so <clears throat> bought one house, then bought a second house, then I thought I knew what I'm doing because I'm you know, doing pretty well. Got myself into big trouble, bought another house where I lost money. Um, but it was all, it's, it's basically, <clears throat> Uh, now that I think about it, the reason why it was happening because I wasn't really focused on it as a business. I was looking at it as a as a side income because, you know, having a full time job really makes you feel secure because uh, you're, you know, we get paid very well as as um, IT professionals, and um, part of it was really treating as a as a um, more like a hobby and less like a business, if you will. Um, and then, so before before you move on, let's. Let's talk about that house that you lost money on. So what were some of the issues that came up? Like, why do you think that happened? What, just give a, you know, broad idea of why you were losing money there. I feel like um, having the right focus and doing the right steps as you, as you go through the, you know, th this was a rehab. So we bought a house <clears throat> in auction steps. We did not, um, it was a sweet deal on the numbers. Uh, looking at the numbers, the purchase price, the, rehab and exit exit uh, price looked very attractive. What I failed to do, and because of the high competition, of course, I slightly overpaid for the house. That's number one. Number two, we bought the property side and scene, which means we didn't do the proper inspections of the house. Um, so as we, day one, when we started construction, we started doing the demo and we started peeling parts of the house away. And it turns out that the house was complete, like parts of the house was completely eaten away by termites. Mm. Um, and then <clears throat> more to the story, uh, some parts of the foundation was also crumbling. So that was, you know, that was a big aha. Like uh, looking at it now, it, it sounds so simple, right? Like go do an inspection, 
like <laughs> don't just jump in a house, do the inspection, go through the proper steps. Uh, looking at it now, it sounds so simple. Back then, I almost felt like I know what I'm doing. This is this is easy. Let's go. Let's do it. And I think that uh, that's one of the reasons why we got into that. Uh, my first best that I created with the. And so, how much the, how much money did you lose on that house? Do you remember? Uh, close to seventy thousand dollars. Close to seventy seven zero. Seventy seven zero. It could have been a lot more. I met some good people along the way who um, helped me. I put a lot of my own time into. Uh, designing and, and doing some of the construction work, um, et cetera, et cetera. And also I met a lot of knowledgeable people that kind of guided me along the way. So we're able to minimize the loss to 70,000. It could have been a whole lot more. I tell you that. Um, wow. And yeah. so that meeting those people and getting that experience probably helped you in the future, not make those same mistakes again. Right. I will never make the same mistake again. Okay. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, I shared at Flip Hacking Live this year, the uh, $70,000 house that I lost money on too. And against, you know, people who were way more knowledgeable than me. I did this something, what it sounds like, you get this false sense of security, right? You get this idea that you're like Superman and everything yeah. you touch turns to gold because you've had a lot of success in the past from, from houses. And this is the same thing happened to me. I look through this kind of money making lens. It was a bigger house. It had, um, it, it needed a lot more detailed features. The buyer pool was much smaller in, in my city in Pensacola, Florida. It's, there's not a lot of people that are buying a $700,000 house. So showings were very spread out. The price drops on a house like that, that are, that's that expensive in our area, it's got to be really big. You can't drop the price $10,000 and think that mm -hmm. it's going to be uh, efficient drops. They were talking about $50,000 price drops. And so from what was about to be a six-figure um, profit for me became a $70,000 loss. And there's a lot of other things that went on that I talked about, but I, I feel like it was, it sounds a lot like that where I got, I got a little bit cocky. I thought I knew what I was doing and I decided to skip some of the, the details and the steps. And, and you almost like don't see the, those recommendations that people are giving you. You don't see the things that you would normally see. You're looking through like goggles that are, you know, foggy, and you're just, you, all you see is the money. So um, it sounds like that. So, okay. I don't think we mentioned where you are, like, where are you doing this? What uh, part of the country? So I'm going to, um, I started investing in the Bay area, um, in California, and then I do, uh, I expand into Sacramento market, uh, surrounding areas, uh, Yuba County, El Dorado County, and uh, Sacramento County, uh, okay. and Foster County. So uh, within 50 miles of, uh, of Sacramento area. Cool. Okay. So, so then you, so you got this, you lost a bunch of money, $70,000 on this house. Usually when most people quit and you, you said, no, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. Is that right? That's exactly what happened. Correct. Okay. The, the, the good thing is uh, the house that I flipped, well, the project that we did right before that one, um, we did make close to $130,000. So the fact that I lost 70 was a big, big lesson, but um, call it a beginner's luck you know, I think, uh, the, the profit that I made in that first house really helped me carry, you know, carried me through the, through the more of a tougher times, if you will. Okay. And so this was around 2013, 2014, something like that. And then what, where did, where'd you go from there? Correct. So, um, I continue to acquire, uh, rental properties. I bought a rental property that I still hold, um, knowing myself, uh, maybe, maybe call it bias, but I feel like, if the house makes sense and it's a good rental, I, I don't, I typically try to keep all my rentals. Um, that's really, um, I look at it as a retirement plan. I look at it as my, uh, exit strategy, maybe exit strategy for my, um, eight to five. Um, and, 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 and further, this could be, uh, also something that will live to my daughter. 
uh, you know, when she's, you know, when she's graduating high school, she's going to go to college. This is going to be, we're going to have enough funds, you know, accumulated, right. Uh, through real estate to be able to afford um, uh, her degrees. And this is, this is more than just, you know, a retirement per se. Awesome accountant answer, right? So lots of different streams of income, different things. You got a full-time job. You got this, these deals that make sense. Um, I don't want to get too far down into like how you're financing them, all that stuff for the buy and holds. But so you started kind of buying and holding some properties and did you keep flipping as well? Uh, correct. Whenever the time afforded me outside of my uh, full-time job, we've um, uh, primarily focused on, on keeping uh, houses and rentals, but I've done maybe one uh, or two flips a year. So that, that's about it. Uh, not, not more than that, because these projects, you know, would take a lot of my own time, uh, on the average, you know, time to market from acquisition to sales. We've significantly shrunk that time since, you know, and we'll get to that later in the podcast. Uh, but it would take me close to six months to get the project completed. Uh, so <clears throat> having the enough financing available plus experience, plus, you know, uh, having the right staff on board, you know, all of that, of course, accumulates to more and more and more time being added into the, you know, uh, the final product deliverable. So um, I, I could only do one uh, flip, maybe two a year. Right. So you did this for about six or seven years. So doing Correct. kind of one a year or two a year, like one every six months. So this sounds very similar to my story for the two years before I joined seven figure flipping. Actually, um, I, I was doing it all myself. I was doing all my own, trying to find my subs and contracting it, like run, being basically the general contractor and finding the project. And then I would find one and I would buy it and I'd start working on it. And I'd stop looking for another one. And then when I got finished four months later, or so five months later, I'd, I'd lift my head up out of this fog of doing all this work and look around and go, wow, okay, I don't have another deal in the pipeline. I have no idea what I'm going to do next. And then frankly, I had to sell that house to get to use the money to get to the next deal too. So it's usually about six to eight months. And then it would take me another six months to find the next project. And so it was the same thing, one a year, because I was kind of doing it all myself. Is that what you saw that, that change now where you're able to do a little, and I had a full-time job too, by the way, I was flying airplanes mm -hmm. for the Navy and I was kind of finding all that time on the side and in between and just putting in, basically I was putting in two, two full-time jobs effectively. Yeah. I think the, the, there's, there's a lot of similarities the way you described and, um, how you operated your quote unquote business. And, um, back then, right. It, um, it was definitely, it, it wasn't even a startup. It was kind of a hobby for me at that time. It wasn't really, uh, anything structured. So yeah, I think you're spot on in your, um, in your de description. Yeah. I called it a side hustle. The thing was my, my side hustle made me 40,000 a year and it sounds like you were getting 130,000 out of a project. So it's not too bad, I guess. So, so what made you kind of shift into that mindset of changing what you were doing for the last six or seven years to where you want to go now? Uh, big part of it was the, the flip hacking live. So my first flip hacking live was last year, uh, in 2018. Um, uh, and that, that event really, well, what led to it is really the podcast. So I was listening to multiple podcasts. You know, I always look for material to develop myself, how it can be better. Of course, the, the biographies and stories people tell is, is are very motivational. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that got me thinking if, if, you know, if someone can do it, <laughs> then, um, then you could do it. Right. If, uh, if, so flip hacking live really opened my mind and perspective into, I think the big, um, the big theme in 2018 was hiring out and systems and processes. Um, and that really pushed me to 
thinking in terms of uh, creating a team, uh, removing myself, you know, eventually from a business, uh, looking at it as a um, as an operator more so than a technician, and, and all of that. All these major themes that we talked about in 2018, it was really um, uh, you know pushed me to think slightly differently into. Uh, you know, if you really want to grow, uh, there's certain things that you have to do. You cannot, you cannot operate in isolation and grow, grow, uh, you know, a successful business by yourself. Absolutely. I just cannot see that happening. So did you go into that event as kind of a little bit skeptical about who this, so you heard it on the podcast. That's how you found out about flip packing live. And then you just came, bought a ticket, came down to the event in San Diego, uh, 2018. Yes, correct. Yeah. The bigger story was, you know, how, how do these people flip so many houses? They don't even see their final result like this is almost sounds um too good to be true um and then there's a lot of stories out there there's a lot of podcasts out there there's a lot of you know there's a lot of motivational events and uh this is what i've seen in uh, flip hacking live that was that was very unique in a way because uh the material is very authentic people that were on stage they were actually running million dollar businesses um they're real businesses real people and that's uh that was really um, eye opening for me. Like this is, this is real. So if, if these guys are doing it, I have no excuse. I have to go and start that maybe an immigrant than me. Uh, like I, I just, I have no excuse. I have to go and do it. That was really, uh, you know, what uh, I took from that 2018 event. And so I started, uh, you want to get into the, <laughs> what well, happened before we do, I, I, you know, I want to mention that you said, if these guys can, it sounded too good to be true because I remember when I was listening to the podcast and I joined seven figure flipping, I basically, I didn't talk to anybody. I, I went to the, I heard the podcast uh, talking about it when it was just getting created. I heard them interviewing a couple people who were joining the group and I was listening to their story going, ah, man, if these guys can do it, I can do it. And I kind of listened to Justin at the time, just go, it sounds like this guy can't even screw in a light bulb and he's flipping 150 houses a year. So why, what excuse do I have not to do that? I, I obviously think of myself I, at that time I was swinging a hammer. I was, I was running electrical in, in the houses. I was doing tile. I was, I was going, I can, I can do all the things that he's saying he can't do. So why can't I do? But the thing is my mindset, my mind was screwed up. I just, I could not see the way that he saw things and these other guys saw things. They saw a team and building out systems and process and procedures around it so they don't have to be involved. And I didn't think like that at all. It was just all me. I was carrying all the weight on my shoulders. I was doing all the heavy lifting. And I thought that was the way that it was. I mean, I thought that's the way that business is until I got involved in. And so I said, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to invest in myself and bet on myself. And that's, that's ultimately what led me in on my path, which sounds very similar to yours. Actually, we have a lot in common now that we kind of break it down and start talking about this. Although you, you so before we move on, you said you, uh, you emigrated here to the, to the U S from, from where, and, and how old were you? Were you, did you, were you born here or were you born somewhere else? No, no, no. I was, I was, so <clears throat> I've traveled before, uh, you know, many places before I arrived to, you know, United States, but uh, I was born in a country called Turkmenistan, which is back then there was no, there was no such country. It was part of the, you know, the whole USSR, the Eastern Bloc, um, call it the Soviet Union or the, you know, it was one of the many countries that were formed right after the collapse of the, uh, of the Eastern Bloc. So, it, so I came in here in 2001 uh, for school and I had partial family over here. So, in school, like everybody else, uh, found uh, you know a good paying job, and and uh, you know uh, now I'm here. Cool. It's funny because uh, the last the last podcast that we put out was Marina sued. 
who was who also came over here from a country, uh, just a very similar story, just like, uh, and, you know, hearing like Val working with me now and her husband, Andre, Val, my lead manager and Andre, the videographer for this company, um, just seeing the work ethic of, of some of the people who immigrated to this country from another country, it's really cool to see that. And so there's this theme kind of going at least on two podcasts in a row. We'll see who comes on next. But this is um, just... And you just mentioned it kind of under your breath a little bit, because I think that there is something there. There's, and it's not just, it's not just people who come from another country. It's the people who even are, uh, you know, American boy, I, I, was, I was born here in the U S and I just work really hard and I am dedicated and I'm committed and I want to see success. Success is really important to me personally. And I was kind of brought up that way. So it's interesting to see the people that, you know, there's a common theme in all of this. It's kind of the core values and who people are. And Marina got to the point where she was going bankrupt, had a hundred dollars to her name, like worried about where the next paycheck was going to come in the middle of her wholesaling business and said, I'm just going to dig in deeper and make it, make it work for me. And, you know, a lot of people would quit at that time. A lot of people when they lost $70,000 would quit. So really cool to kind of hear that. So, okay. So it came to Flipbacking Live, saw that if other people can do it, they can do it. Authentic people, stuff like that. And I think the reason we talk about hiring in systems and processes, because that's what, that's what business is. We're trying to teach people how to run businesses, show them how we run our business so they can run a business too, that can operate with them or without them, whatever they choose. And they can run the, the kind of business that they want to. So that's probably the theme at every one that we do going forward, I see um, with some different tweaks and different kind of concepts and ideas around it to help people build their business and really see it like a business, not the side hustle that we were, you and I were running uh, for, you were running for six, seven years, me for at least, you know, two, three years before we really got it together. So after that event, what happened? Did you just start hiring people like gangbusters and uh, brought on 20 people and started running the company and it's successful or what? Uh, yeah. So, I thought after Flip Hacking Life, so 2018, this is it. This is the answer. I just need to go and start hiring people. And that's what I did. I started doing it and hiring it and doing it and hiring. Um, um, although I never hired anyone previously. So, you know, through that process, you know, I think I'm, I'm almost kind of a, a different person now looking at it, uh, you know, almost a year ago. Through that process, I made... Um, you know, some mistakes that we can, uh, of course, get into. Uh, but I started, yeah, just like you said, uh, gangbusters, um, hiring right and left and training and hiring and training um, without really realizing, you know, this, you know, I've never done anything like that before, never built a business. So part of it, you know, building a business is not just, you know, is not just the marketing, the sales, the acquisition, disposition, the operations, the, you know, financial uh, aspects of it, um, record keeping KPIs. It's, 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 it's more broader than that. It's, it's leadership. It's, uh, your communication style. Um, and all of that, I was completely, it just caught me uh, for surprise. Let's just say my leadership got really, really tested. Like my skill set in terms of leadership got really tested, um, after that. So, uh, but, but yes, we started growing like crazy hiring, um, uh, made some mistakes uh, along the way, uh, but uh, that led us to, you know, even uh, more of a leaner business this year uh, than it was last year. But I'd like to think that we're, we're uh, the projectile is uh, hopefully will be by the end of this, this calendar year, well, which is next calendar year, uh, your, your so business calendar, this calendar year and this business fiscal year. So by the end of my fiscal year, I'll be uh, joining the altitude group. 
Okay. All right. So, so who, who were you hiring at that time? Is it just kind of VAs that you were hiring? What did it look like? Um, anybody who I can. So I followed the advice and uh, create a list, you know, a task list of all the things that, you know, um, that was the, that was a presentation in 2018, by the way, too, I think is the create, you know, create a task list of all the things that you do, uh, look at your annual income and then, you know, average it out and whatever is below that average, try to, you know, find a way to automate it, outsource it, do anything, but don't focus on these activities. Find somebody else who's better at it or, um, or has time to do it or is cheaper to do it, you know, any of those. So, uh, I started focusing the the number one thing, of course, the, the marketing is a lifeline of the business. So I focused on marketing, um, um, creating, you know, inbound, outbound calling, um, answering phone calls and, and things of that nature. So my first hires were um, offshore. Uh, I started with one, then I immediately grew to four. Then I grew to six um, of people that would just, I would just hand them off tasks. Um, again, with no plan, this, this is a task. I need you guys to go and do these tasks. So, um, that was the, that was my initial hires. Okay. And uh, so, some of these guys are with me to this day. Uh, um, so we've gone through a big process of, um, education, transformation, learning. Uh, I've been learning about them as much as they're, they're learning about me. So communication is a big piece. Um, uh, the goals are a big piece. So we all each have goals now. So I think that was a big, big piece, uh, from this year's event. Um, so, um, uh, I think Val, mentioned that everybody in your company has a number. So that really resonated with me that I absolutely have to do that. If I want to run a business, there's, there's just, you know, there's just no, if there's no metrics, there's no, um, maybe it was even Mike, Mike Simmons's quote. If, if you're not keeping stats, how do you know you're winning? Right. Um, so, uh, that's where we are today. Now we're growing from me trying to do things to me, by myself, then hire and, you know, hire and let them do it and hire another to do it without even reviewing, right? Is it the right task? Is it the right person? Are they, are they, so all of these things is, you know, you, as an entrepreneur, you go through these transformation stages. So I feel like I'm kind of there, right? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the trajectory of my business, but there's just so much more that needs to be done to really, you know, dial things you know, operationally. And so do you feel like you're, your full-time job at this point is keeping you from doing a lot of those things that you need to be doing or bringing on these people. Has that freed you up to allow you to do some other things that you need to be doing? I feel like in the beginning, bringing in people almost double my workload. Um, it does. Um, <clears throat> but now, right. It, it, it almost doubles in the beginning. Right. And then it starts, the, the more you start um, uh, systematizing things, it starts dropping over time. So I feel like <clears throat> I don't, I don't really focus on lead generation anymore myself. I know uh, I don't worry about lead gen. I know uh, I have a consistent income, like in consistent um, lead list. Like every, every day I can log into the CRM and I see the new lead come in. Like before that, I, I never thought that was possible. Um, so yes, I am outsourcing a lot of the, a lot of the marketing piece. Uh, I'm not outsourcing the operational piece of it or financial piece of it, or even project management or construction at the point, at this point, uh, we're, we're going to get there eventually. Um, uh, but yes, we're focusing on, uh, on, uh, mostly the, the backend back office CRM lead intake, uh, outbound calling. 
Okay. Moment. Awesome. So I remember at the, at the event that we had in Detroit, kind of looking at you and saying, look, you, you've got to figure out what your people are doing. You got to know what they're doing. You got to have a pulse on it. You know, are, are they following up with the leads and, and being able to say who's, who's performing and who's not performing instead of just let them go do whatever they want to do, especially as VAs overseas. You're not, you're not checking in with them on a regular basis. You're not have the pulse on them. Um, I could tell it was just a loosely run ship at that time, right? It was just kind of like, well, it's, seems to be working. And then for you too, was making sure that you're going out on all those appointments that you're kind of going, ah, I don't know this point. Cause I remember when it was me and I had a full-time job and I was doing the acquisitions. I said, I'm only going on hot leads. Like if they sound really hot on the phone, if it looks really good, big juicy spread, I'll go out on it. But otherwise just, you know, we'll follow up with them later. And for me, it just wasn't, wasn't a, a good model. When I had an acquisitions rep come in and start going on those appointments, she was dropping contracts like crazy because she just, you, you know, and everybody else listening probably knows now is just because they don't sound motivated on the phone doesn't mean they're not motivated. So that's what we were just assuming. And we were cutting like 75% of our possible income and possible contracts by just putting them into a non-motivated bucket and filtering for me. So you were doing one house a year for a long time. Did that change after Full Backing Live 2018? Did you start to do a lot more than that? Or what did that look like kind of numbers wise from that last year and then, and then now? <clears throat> so I didn't join the, our mastermind group immediately. So I only joined it in, uh, when was the last? Uh, so it was a six-figure flip mastermind. Uh, prior to Detroit, I'd say maybe I joined in May okay. of yep. this year. So I started seeing the results maybe slightly after, you know, right after that, right after I joined the, the mastermind group. Okay. So why, why is that? Like, why did you leave? You left Flippacking Live 2018, said, I'm going to go do this on my own. I got all the information that I need. Really? Why, why did it take that? What was it about that joining, then going to that event, doing those kind of things. Like what was the difference between you doing it by yourself and you doing it with a little bit of support? In terms of what pushed me to join a mastermind group? No, why, like why, what, were you, why weren't you doing more after Flip Packing Live, putting all the systems and processes in place and doing, hiring all the people? You, you, it sounded like you just said that I, right. leaving Flip Packing Live 2018, I didn't join the mastermind group until May, which is but seven, eight months after Flip Hacking Live. And then you saw results after that, after joining the mastermind group. Is that right? It's, it's, yes, it's, it, that's correct. So, um, part of what was really, um, joining the, the weekly calls, uh, joining the, you know, the, uh, first of all, the training that the, the mastermind group provides, um, so like the videos, like the videos, courses and stuff like that, that, uh, to push people on like that, that kind of stuff. Um, the, the videos were very helpful. Um, I, I, you know, I find ways to, you know, get, you know, educational materials that there's, there's, there's a lot of it out there, but videos are very, uh, aligned in a way that will basically help you progress from this is how you do marketing. This, it was very focused to the, the house flipping or wholesaling business. Now we have it slightly mm. you know, structured slightly differently. Back then it was all lumped something to, together into one program, but it was, it was very educational. Yes. Um, but it wasn't the only part I'd say it was, it was the, um, having the peers that are almost in the same, um, position as you are going through the same struggles and, and, and learning and doing it and failing it and doing it again. I think that was the, uh, that was the really, uh, the, 
the game changer, I'll say, uh, versus me trying to read a book or learn things on my own, uh, you know, doing things on my own, you know, learn how to learn how to hire people, learn how to structure things, learn how to build systems. You can you can learn all of that on your own. But when you're doing that with with like minded people in the same group, it, it elevates things to, you know, uh, to a different level. Yeah. I had the same experience for me. It was like, I could read I, and I did, I read every book. I would go to the library. I would check books out. I get audio books, all, all kinds of stuff. I just felt like there was so much noise in all of it. Like I couldn't really put together the path, the, like the, the straight line path. My path looked like this drunken, crazy line going all over the place, just screwing up and getting back on, on track. And so it's just kind of a shortcut the learning curve a little bit, just to be able to speed it up and, and also have support of those people who, are, like you said, are in the same uh, boat as you, or they were just there a couple months before and they can share that lesson learned of what not to do to save me from it. So, okay. So we got that. Okay. Uh, you, you've, you joined the group, you started to kind of ramp up the business and things have changed recently. So this is kind of brings us up to today to like yesterday's message to me, it sounds like. So it's kind of like, Hey, I know that I'm in the mastermind group, but I need some more like attention to me and my business. And what, like, I just feel like I need something. And so I asked, okay, what is it that you need? You feel like you need like somebody to help you directly (laughs) one-on-one. What is it do you think? And you said, well, it's kind of like I'm, man, I wish I had this in front of me. It's kind of like I, um, I don't know what I don't know to ask. It's, it's, somebody to give an like audit, an audit, an audit right. of my business, right? So as a CPA, of course, now that I hear your background's an accountant, you're a CPA, you want an audit. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that's really what kind of triggered me to respond the way that I did to you of, mm-hmm. okay, you think that you want an audit, but what what's happening right now? And you said, you know what? Things are actually going really good. I hired some people. I figured it out. It was the wrong, with the support of the group. I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. I'm going to be in altitude soon. So like I need, I need help and an audit to figure out what I'm not doing. And that's what triggered me to respond the way I did. I said, okay, I, I have, I've asked that same question. I've thought that same thing. And as an accountant and a CPA, it's funny because my story right now that I'm going to get on a soapbox for a minute and tell is it's about that. I've done my own taxes for my, almost my entire life. And is probably three years ago is when I actually brought in somebody and hired somebody to do my taxes. And I've done solo 401ks. I've done, I've, I've, I've researched SEPs. I've researched, I have figured out like, do I pay my kids or not pay my kids? And how does all of this work? Is it self-directed IRAs and everything about my taxes I've done since I was a kid. And I never wanted to give somebody else that I had 10, I had 10 rental houses at a time that I was keeping all the books on and, and making sure that every the depreciation schedule looks good and everything. And I'm not an accountant. I'm not a CPA, but I read a bunch of books and I didn't think that anybody would look at my stuff like I would like actually own it and take care of it. So the, uh, the first thing that I did where I said, okay, now I'm starting a business. I've got these employees. I got all this crazy stuff going on. It's okay. It's outside of my expertise. It's too much for me. So what did I do? I did my taxes that last year and then I hired and I had a plan. I already structured my plan for the next year. I think it was 20, 2017. And then I hired a guy, a consultant, a big CPA in the real estate world. A lot of people know who he is. He's on a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. So I hired him. I think I paid him like mm, seven, eight, ten thousand $10,000, something like that to go in and he's going to do my taxes the next year and go in and audit and, and come up with this 
like plan for me, right? He looked at my company, he looked at my tax returns from the year before and come up with this plan for me. How many things do you think are on his plan that weren't on my plan? Any idea? Take a guess. Come on. I'll give you a hint. None. Okay. I was going like, to say, I was going to say none. No, it's, yeah. but I'll tell you that like, I had to pay a guy $10,000 to give me peace of mind. And just to say that I, what I was doing is right, it's working, it's correct, things like that. And he didn't end up doing my taxes the next year because I said, well, the service just wasn't that good and all this stuff. And, and so I went to somebody else. And so, and the, the, the moral of this story, the reason I tell it's not that I'm an expert in tax or anything like that. It's just a lot of times what happens in, in us and entrepreneurs is we doubt ourselves. When we know the direction that we need to go, we know what we're doing, what we're doing is working, we're very good at it. We get these shiny objects. We listen to too many podcasts. I'll say that on a podcast, I should not say that. But you, we, we listen to all this noise out there of what other people are doing, the other things that are going on, instead of staying focused on where we are and what we need to do and just make those little tweaks to keep us in our lane. The stuff that I was talking about, I, we, have a straight, we have the straight line, we have the path of where we want to go and we know it. And there's the, the mutual support and moral support that you have inside the mastermind group is enough for what you need. And so a lot of times we think that there's some magic silver bullet out there. There's this thing that somebody's doing that they'll see if they look in our business and we're not going to see it. And a lot of times, and if you listen to Marina's podcast, I mean, we haven't released it yet since while we're recording this, but what I said to her at the end of the podcast was, it's very obvious what's happened with you. I can see the difference. I've known her for a few years. I can see it now. She is confident in herself. She knows that what she's doing is the right direction. And she is blowing up her business. She's doubling her business because of that, because she's confident. And she knows that when she makes a decision, it's right. Like be comfortable with it. Be comfortable in your own skin. And that's what I've learned over these past few years of hiring consultants, bring them in. Now, if it's a little 5 or 10% tweak that's going to change the games, like right now I have an accountant, a CPA who does my taxes. Him and I meet every quarter and we talk about strategy and things like that. Because a 5 or 10% tweak in a $3 million company is pretty big. And he knows a lot of the local uh, franchise and excise tax here in Tennessee and a lot of the other things that I don't know about. And what we do is we kind of mastermind together because I found somebody who I feel like is on the same level as me. Whereas before, it just seemed like everybody that I would go talk to, just they didn't understand what I was trying to accomplish and they just didn't know my life and they didn't take the time to get, to get to know it. So I say all that because I think for you, what you're doing, you, you just told me in that conversation that I'm doing so much better. Like I feel really confident in the direction I'm going, the trajectory of all it, all you need. And what I hope you get on this call is that confidence that what you're doing is right. So you can leave this call and just go, dump gasoline on that fire that you're creating. So, okay. So with all that said, I'm off my soapbox now. Um, I, it's happened in my business too. Uh, you know, that's what this mastermind group is. That's why I said, go find a peer in the group or somebody who's ahead of you, who is just willing to jump on a call and brainstorm because you're going to teach them some stuff. They're going to teach you some stuff. And that's what this group's all about. So, okay. What do you have for me? Just hit me with questions with whatever you want, what, where yet, or a rebuttal from that. No, absolutely. I think, I, I think you, you summarized it really, really well. Um, so I, I don't even know where to be, what to begin with is, but you know, so, so building a business requires a lot of, you know, broad range of skill set, And, um, 
being part of a mastermind group is almost irreplaceable, right? It should be one of the one of the most important tools that you have in your toolbox as a as a real estate entrepreneur, as a real estate investor. Um, so, and accountability is a big, big piece of it, right? The the fact that we have accountability groups, we uh, state our you know our goals, our dreams, all of that on paper, all of that in front of everybody in our little groups. Uh, and that really helps us uh, stay focused, right? Uh, there's other, so I think, so there's, there's one thing that you mentioned um, about mindset. And I think mindset is, is a big, big piece of the puzzle. Um, absolutely. There's also pieces of the, of the, of the no, there's things that you also, there's things that there's no knows and there's also unknown unknowns in the business. Mm-hmm. And what I was trying to focus on, you know, when I was, when I messaged you yesterday, um, having the, um, uh, a coaching call like this from somebody who's been there and done that and several steps ahead of you really helps you identify your blind spots, right? So you're, you're, you know, they can be honest with you because they're not, you know, they're not personally vested in the specific outcome of the business. So they can, they can tell you what, what your strengths or weaknesses are kind of like, um, from an elevated perspective. And that was really the, uh, the, you know, one of the, one of the reasons why I ask you if, if how would you approach the the uh, the topic of coaching? Uh, because mastermind group is absolutely irreplaceable, in my opinion, uh, in this business. Secondly, what are your opinion opinion on on coaching? So I so I if I'll go back to the podcast that I just did, we did this leadership series and the EOS coach that we have. So EOS is is entrepreneur operating system. It's a, from the book Traction. Gino Wickman wrote a book called Traction. A lot of people have read it, and it's what we operate our business off of. You actually quoted it, maybe not without know with without even knowing it, but everybody has a number. That's from EOS. So Val did say that in her presentation. That is an EOS like mantra, right? Everybody has a number. Everyone inside the organization has a number. We keep a scorecard. The KPIs are called scorecard in EOS, rocks, all of these different things. One-year target, three-year targets, uh, 10-year targets, the VTO, all of these things. So in, in that podcast with Dan Coleman, who, who just came in and started working with us from our uh, EOS system, is everybody needs a coach, a peer-to-peer network, and operating off of system. He, he talked about these three legs of a stool, right? So you need a coach. And for us, we have coaches in the form of CPAs. Like my CPA is absolutely a coach in that world. We have him, our EOS, like business consultant coach, right? And, and we also have our mastermind group, our peer-to-peer network, which is irreplaceable, right? So I absolutely think this is a piece of the stool that you need at some point. And what I, but the reason I, I, I said to you, what I said was, I feel like there's someone inside the group that can absolutely give you what you need right now until you're ready for that next level. So what I don't want to see you guys do is go out and spend a bunch of money on kind of like a business coach. And what I see a lot of times is somebody says, it's this or that, not this and that, because that's it. If I, if all we did was hire an EOS coach in our business, and not have anybody to bounce off strategies, ideas in, in, in the business, in, in the real estate business, like peer-to-peer network, we would have trouble. We would have a problem. And if we didn't go hire an EOS coach and just try to implement, self-implement, we did that. We self-implemented for a while. Then we hired somebody, came in for, a, for about a year. And then we, we, we said, okay, we want actually to go pure EOS, just bring on somebody who's an EOS consultant or coach. And they came in. So, for us, we've constantly been adding those coaches as we can afford them, right? As it makes sense. Same thing with our, we have a hiring coach. We have a guy who does this, um, 
these personality profiles and we run things by him and say, hey, you're the, you're the expert on this. We want to bring in this job role. We've never hired for this before. What do you think this should look like? This is what we think it should look like, a personality profile. What do you think? And then when I got somebody, come, when I was hiring for my personal assistant right now, I said, hey, can you get on a call with her and actually an interview her a little bit? And if he wasn't in the mountains motorcycling for like a week and out of touch, then he would have. But so I just hired her anyway. So, but he's, uh, that's the kind of stuff that we have. I could probably name five or six coaches that we hire inside the company or me personally. For me, I, I wanted to go lose weight. I hired a nutrition coach. It was not a lot of money. It was very affordable, but I found the right person for me. So I absolutely think that's necessary also. Now, what, what I, the reason my feedback to you is being a runway member and being where you guys are, that could be an investment that you want to make in, in your world. It might not. So that's kind of the pushback that I was giving you is really think about what you're looking for from that coach and then determine what it is. So if it's a, like a personal coach that you need, the personal business coach, that's going to give you something. And sometimes it is just that. Like sometimes it is just the confidence that you are going the right direction. But what you need to be careful of is that you're bringing in the right person into your world too. It's not just anybody. It's, so there's a lot of like free coaches out there, free business uh, coaches and things like that that have some upsells and things. And they don't really understand the industry. They don't know where you want to go. So it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that, you know, Cheshire cat uh, quote. It's like, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. So really understanding the destination and where you want to go before you bring that person in. So for us, I know that EOS is the way that we want to go in our business. So we need, we wanted the best, like pure EOS coach out there. And I had to go track him down and convince him to get on an airplane to fly out to Nashville because he doesn't get on airplanes and we hired him. And so the same thing with our kind of culture index, kind of personality coach, we went out and got him. It's not, not cheap either. So all the people that we bring into our network and who it is, and same with my CPA, I kind of over three years stepped up into the guy that I'm with right now because he, he's a great fit for, for me and where I am in, in my lifestyle. I, I wouldn't have been able to afford him before and it wouldn't have made sense for me to do. So I absolutely think it's needed, but my, my pushback to you and a lot of people that are just getting going, it's, it, you need all three. And that's the hard part because when you bring in all three, I think, I think the start is probably that mastermind group. I really do. I think you need that peer-to-peer network first because they can be the coach. They can show you the system. They can bring a lot of that stuff in and then you can start expanding. I've had a lot of people that are renewing with us as members and saying, I think I'm going to do this instead of the mastermind group. And they're talking about like the personality profile stuff. They think they, that's the magic bullet. Well, it's not. With just that, you're going to be lopsided in that stool that Dan talked about, right? You're only going to have one leg. You're going to be kind of balancing on that and very easily to tumble over. With this strong foundation of everything that you have, you need to build off of that. And that's one of the reasons why I started dropping the price in the mastermind group year over year, because I want people to stay. I want, I want them to renew because I know that they need this. Like this is the network that you need. So anyway, I'm not, I'm not selling mastermind groups on this podcast right now. So, um, but what I, my answer to you is I think it's absolutely needed, but my challenge to you is to say, do you already have this in, in the network that we have? Can you reach out and grab it? And maybe I'll tell you what, your question to me made me start thinking about how do we build maybe a little mentorship program in here where you've got runway members and altitude members and seven figure club members. You've got people that want to give back that are going to get something from you. You're doing something that somebody that's ahead of you needs to hear about one-on-one. So maybe it's something that we can do inside this group and I'm going to bring it back to my team and say, Hey guys, challenge. This is probably something that might be needed here. 
and, and could, you know, could be effective inside of here. We're not going to be, you know, selling one-on-one coaching or anything like that, because I think this is a, this is a mastermind group and that's what it needs to be. But there's probably an area for us to get a little bit better on the mentorship side. And we do the coaching calls and things like that. And, but they're group calls and stuff. And you're looking for somebody who digs, knows you, knows your business and understands that. And is it a, you know, a neutral third party who can come in and hold up the mirror to you and say, this is, and that's what our EOS coach does. He comes in, he doesn't know anything about real estate, doesn't know any of that stuff. He knows business. So he just says, Hey, I, I, I coach 15 other companies at a very high level. This is what some other people are doing. You guys might want to think about this with your people, with your accountability chart, with the process, with the procedures, all that stuff. So is that the answer you wanted? That was a lot, but I think um, the, the way you summarize it and, and uh, the way I think I presented my question, I think we're almost, on, we're almost talking about the same thing in different words. So uh, absolutely makes sense. Uh, the, the way I'm approaching my business right now is, you know, similar. I'm not quite there from maturity perspective, uh, right, where, where my business is at the moment. So we don't need an EOS coach at the moment because we don't need it. We're not there yet. Maybe next year, maybe two years from now. Uh, but I am looking at hiring industry experts, if you will, right, into, let's say, if I need, if I need a, a marketing guy to come in and, and, and teach my acquisition team uh, on certain sales aspects of it or, you know, things like that, absolutely, yes. Um, and then the overall business coach uh, perspective, U.S. might be the answer. Unfortunately, uh, I think where the way, the way where my business is at the moment, it will be money not very well spent because we're just not ready for it. Um, but you brought in a really good point. I think this is a this is a really interesting discussion uh, on the mentorship piece of it uh, overall. So I'm really looking forward to see uh, what you know what what's going to come out of this. Um, of course, there's no promises or anything like that. But it's 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 um, I think mastermind is absolutely irreplaceable, right? Um, uh, it, it's huge. Uh, mentorship has uh, uh, a role to play in the development of the business. So. Uh, definitely something to think about. Yeah. Obviously my goal is to figure out how to make sure that this thing is almost all encompassing, right? Like as the, as an owner now of a mastermind group that, that I took ownership of a few months ago, it's how do I make sure that my clients feel like they're getting as much as they can from that? And so with the accountability, with the coaching calls, with the, um, the peer-to-peer network, the Facebook groups, with the meetings, the quarterly meetings where we all get together and talk and, you know, obviously we can't do everything. So I absolutely think there's no replacement for that kind of one-on-one coaching and trying to figure out how, and ultimately what it comes down to is the way that I looked at the, the mastermind group was I always had these board of directors around me. So I had like a couple of people for me that were very close to me that I got to know inside the group. And those were my kind of mentors and coaches together at the same time, you know, so I would call them up and bounce things off of. So I feel like a lot of times when the problem that we run into sometimes as a mastermind group is you feel a little bit disconnected from the crowd or the group, or you don't have that, those two or three people that you're really like, you really know each other. You really know their business. And so that's the challenge that I'll give you inside the group right now for what you've already paid for is to really find that person and post in the group and say, Hey guys, 
I feel like I really need this right now. Is anybody willing to do that? And that was kind of what the recommendation that I gave you and, and not feel like there's any, cause you have, we have the great thing about the runway group is we have a lot of altitude members in the runway group that want to give back that are ahead of you guys. And they, they're in there just answering questions and they're constantly at flip packing live. I had probably 10 people come up to me and say, Hey man, I feel like the last year I just didn't give enough. I just want to make an impact. I want to give more. So I'm going to jump in that group and just give as much as I can. I'm sure you see Tyler Jensen in there all the time now, right? He was a guy backstage who just said, Hey Bill, I, I don't know what it looks like, but I really want to get involved. I, I just feel like I want to give back more and more. And I, I feel like I have a lot to give right now. And so there's people absolutely that like that are current members that are wanting to do stuff like this. So that's my challenge to you is to jump in there, post something and say, Hey, because a lot of times what happens is we don't want other people to know that we need extra help you know, because we're, and maybe you're not like that. I see you shaking your head a little bit, but I am. I don't want to raise my hand a lot of times and say, Hey, I'm struggling. I need help. And that's the challenge that I've seen in a, in a mastermind when everybody's talking about all their wins and how awesome they're doing. I feel like that that's changed a lot inside the group. Now, a lot of people are talking about their struggles and some losses and things like that. And, and other people can learn from it. So it's not as rampant as it was before, but there's, we're all kind of mostly type A driver type people who just want to win. And a lot of times it's really hard for us to say, uh, Hey, I need some help. Is anybody willing to get on a call with me? Or is anybody want to do a, uh, just a, a, a weekly call or a monthly call where you, you get to know my business, I can know yours. And we just kind of hold up mirrors to each other to say, Hey, I think you should be doing this and you, you might be missing the mark here. But a lot of times my challenge is for you guys is to figure out how to utilize this group to the max extent possible and then figure out where to spend some money outside of that if you need to. And, and, and that even then, if you feel like that's happening, like you did come to me and say, Hey, I think there could, there's a, there's an opportunity here for us to, to be better because that's what I care about. I want you guys to have everything that you need right here, whether it's at whatever it is. You know, obviously we can't do everything. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to over promise and under deliver. I'd rather do the exact opposite for everyone. So, um, okay. So what other, what questions you got like a list of questions, you got anything else you want to ask me or that was it? No, that was it. That was uh, it. <laughs> you know, I did not, I did not realize that, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, a very, very healthy discussion. Very. I, and I hope this discussion is going to benefit a lot of people who's going to listen to it. Um, um, definitely a lot to think about, particularly when you go to the growth stage. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot to take in, right? There's, you know, there's different pieces of a company and you're kind of juggling it all at the same time. So, uh, and and this is one of the reasons why I asked the the question on, on, uh, the the coaching, whether it's outside coaching, inside coaching, but so this is really, really helpful. Um, absolutely. I don't really have, um, any like a long list of questions. I do have a long list of questions, but they'd probably be outside of the scope of the, of our conversation. So I think before, before we go, what I want to point out to everybody is, is exactly how you feel right now. I have felt that way. And everybody on this call feels like that. You're running a company. You're probably the only owner. You're not a, you don't have a business partner to bounce things off of where you actually like coach each other. Right. And you're a one man show. You've got a couple employees who you absolutely can't have this conversation with about, Hey, am I doing the right thing? Is this right? Are we going the right direction? Are my goals clear? Like, what is it? So I felt exactly the same way as you do. And I know how you feel because I was there in 20, 16, 2017, I think it was 2017, somewhere around there, where I was starting to kind of grow my company and I utilized the mastermind group for this. 
So for exactly what you're looking for, I would constantly be putting my information up in the Facebook group. I would constantly be asking questions. And then at the meetings, I would make sure that I got my time and I, and I asked people, I said, Hey, look, I'm doing this, this, and this, what do you do? Or when they were doing something, I say, why are you doing that? And just constantly just tweaking things inside the business, but also getting that moral support of just knowing that I'm rowing in the right direction. I'm not completely off. So a lot of times it's self doubt that is causing this and you're getting to the point where you're going, okay, I'm making a lot of changes. I feel confident in it. But like you said, what are my blind spots? What am I missing? What's, what am I not doing? But instead of doing that, like I think from the mindset piece that just I want to cover for the people that are listening, we can't focus on what we're not doing. We just need to double down on what we are doing that we, we think is the right direction. And we know like we have a really good idea of the direction that we need to go. So if you spend 25% of your energy looking in your blind spots, thinking about what you're not doing, what questions don't I know how to ask? And that is the number one thing that I see the runway people the, and the people at Flip Hacking Live ask me is, I don't even know the right question to ask. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I'm not sure where I need to go or what I'm missing, what, what's going on. If you know your destination, you know what you want to do, you know where you want to go, you have goals, you have plans, you have a team now, you have processes, you know leads are showing up, you know what you need to work on, you know what you're good at, what you're weak at, and all of those things in the business. You know the direction you're going. All you're looking for is a little bit of validation, and that's okay. So that could be a quick video in the Facebook group and say, hey guys, I'm doing this, this, and this. Does anybody see any holes in this plan? Or, hey, I'm about to roll out this marketing plan. And I, this is like, here's my card. Here's my, here's my list. Here's all this stuff. Can anybody give me feedback on that? Am I, am I anything I'm missing? And I'll tell you what, if you got six people in a row who are like, man, that's, that looks great. It looks great. I did the same thing. I got great success. I did this. I did this. Or, hey, you might be missing something here. That's the way to utilize this group and this, this board of directors and tag the people that you're really interested in hearing feedback from. But I feel like a lot of times we spend so much time focused on the what ifs, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just being confident and doing it. And all it is is self-doubt. It's just, it's a mindset problem. And believe me, I, I was there. I still have it from time to time. I still am not sure. Like I, I had three months to plan for Flip Hacking Live this year. I had three months to put that together. I'd had, I did, basically didn't sleep, but I wasn't really sure how it was going to go over. I wasn't sure how we were going to deliver. I, had, I, I was like, what am I missing? What did I forget? What, what, if, what if people don't show up? You know, what if it's, I'm kind of like looking behind the curtain in the morning, how many people checked in the night before? So all of that stuff, we always have that little bit of doubt. If you don't have that doubt, you are a narcissist. Okay. You are the, like, everybody has it. And the problem is we just can't dwell on it. We have to focus on, we have to focus a hundred percent or 110% going in the direction while just checking our blind spots every now and then, because in that area, that's where innovation lives. That's where the, the new ideas, the new things live that we could try to test out. So we're constantly testing out something we're unsure of while doing the 90% of what we know works and we'll bring something else in. So I've talked about this a few times, probably months ago, where we've brought in different marketing channels. We brought in different ideas. A lot of them have crashed and burned. We've lost tens of thousands of dollars trying new stuff. And we do that for you guys, for all the people in the mastermind group. If it works, hey, look what we did. Here you go. This is making us 10 to one on our money. You guys should go try it in your markets and test it out. So, but 
if you spend too much time in those blind spots, too much time in that innovation world, you get in this loop, right? So focus on what's working. Try to remove as much self-doubt as possible. Get some validation from inside the mastermind group. And then when it's time to hire a coach and spend some money on that kind of one-on-one development or whatever it is, whether it's, it's business to business, like we have, everybody's pretty much a business coach for us, um, except for my nutrition guy. So, you know, and then invest in that stuff when the time's ready. But what I don't want to see you guys do is kind of direct money away just for the validation stamp like I did. And it's sometimes you need it, but a lot of times you already have it in your life. Like if I, I don't know, I should have just brought my taxes to you and you could told me what. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, this is, uh, this is great, Bill. Appreciate it. Um, a lot of golden nuggets, uh, in this conversation. So I really appreciate that. Good. So, okay. There's our call. Um, anybody listening, I want you guys to remember what this is all about. Like if you, the time that I feel like people struggle the most is when they have no idea what their destination is. They don't know what their goals are. They don't know what they want. Like we talked about, it's a side hustle. It's like, I'm going to try to make some money. And that's usually people quit very easily on that. They're not committed. They're not all in. They've got a plan B, C, and D. It's not just their plan A. And a lot of times they just, it's just not going to work for them. And so for us, we're running businesses. We feel very confident about it. You want to get into the altitude group. You're committed to it. It's going to, you're going to, it's going to happen. Uh, I don't know what the rest of your plans are, but you know where you're going. And if hopefully just in seeing you and seeing the changes and the confidence in your messaging and things like that back and forth, you know, the direction you're going. If you ever doubt yourself, drop it in the Facebook group, ask questions, um, you know, reach out to some of the people that you, you've become, you know, close with at the mastermind groups, things like that. Obviously send me something whenever you want, but I'm just going to challenge you. I'm going to push back. Like that's my job. And a lot of times people, I got people that reach out to me that want to join the mastermind group. Right. And I say, look, if you can't make a decision, if you, if you're, if it takes you three months to decide whether we should or should not join this group, then you're probably not going to be a very good fit inside this group. Like if we're running a business that's doing a couple we have to be able to make decisions. You see value, don't see value. Like I'm in or I'm out, you know? And it's not to say people can't, shouldn't check their options and weigh everything and do all those things. But I mean, come on, you've got to make a decision. And the same thing here, it's, it just comes down to the fact that you, you know where you want to go and you're going in that direction. So I wouldn't be a good mentor. A lot of times I say to them, it's like, I'm going to push you to join or not join. I'm just going to push you to make a decision. And the same for you. I'm going to push back. I'm not going to say, yeah, let's, hey, you, yeah, you absolutely need that. Or you, like, you don't need it right now. I don't think. I don't think you need the validation. I'm validating you right now, the direction that you're going. <laughs> you know what you're doing. I mean, I can see right. it in, in your message and all that stuff. So if you ever have any doubts, it's a mindset thing. And just think about it. Like, say, what would somebody else do? What, you know, what should I do here? And if you need it, there's, there's, you know, 20 other CEOs and visionaries inside the group that can look at your stuff and, and they will. And that's, that's what I love about it is what, you know, Mike Simmons, Andy McFarlane, um, these guys like were uh, Becca, Terry, uh, Jeremiah, Adam, these, these are the guys that were right there with me. And anytime I needed something, I would, I would hit them up. And these weren't paid people inside the group. These were my friends. These were other CEOs. These were other owners and people that I trust and, and that, I, that, I, that, I, that I believed in, that I knew that they would validate my decision if I needed it. And we would bounce ideas off of each other. So you got to find that little kind of core group inside of there that matches with you. And that's for anybody. Listen, anybody in the runway or altitude group, like 
go find those people that you resonate with that you want to be a part of and plug into them. And, and you guys bounce these ideas off each other and support each other. And it, oh, that's all it is. It's mutual support. When somebody's in doubt or somebody's struggling, we're lifting them up and everybody in the group will jump in and help you. So good. Awesome. All right. So, um, the E-Class Mercedes <laughs> is up. It's back on the street. It's rolling. It's, it, it, you're, you're, you're doing 150 miles an hour down the highway now. So I hope, I hope we got the E-Class out of the shop and um, it's back on the road. So I, um, I'm excited to see, I'm, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch inside the Facebook group for your posts. I'm going to expect you to engage, to jump in there, to ask questions, to get the validation that you need. Um, and that's the key. I'm t that's how I became successful. I, all I did was, if you go back in that altitude group that we have in the Facebook group, um, once you get in there and join it, go back to like 2016 and just look at all my stupid posts. You'll see me asking just ridiculous questions. And, but I was in there all the time. I was constantly asking questions. I was constantly validating my, what I was doing, my, my lists, things like that. Don't be afraid to, to do that stuff. Like, that's what it's for. So, um, Utilize the resources that are available to you. I think this is, this is really, uh, that's really, it. I'd yeah. say max those out first mm -hmm. and then start looking for other options. And because that's the key. Uh, a lot of people just don't know that there's so many other, there's so many things that are available to them in, in what they've paid for already to, to you, make sure you squeeze all the juice out of those, uh, those, I don't know, lemons, oranges, whatever you want to squeeze the juice out before you go look for more and go, and go buy more, frankly, because I see people buy programs all the time. They're just like buying programs, buying stuff. They see it. That's what I'm talking about. The podcast. Somebody's always selling something, you know, on the podcast, go grab it, go buy it. And, uh, and they're not, they're not utilizing what they've already paid for. So, um, that's it. So, okay. I enjoyed the time tonight. I, you're in Las Vegas right now and you're sitting here with me. So, um, you, I don't know if you need to go hit the slot machines or the craps table or what after this, what's the plan? Uh, after this, uh, yeah. well, we still haven't had our dinner yet. So we're going to, it's, uh, <laughs> it's 7 PM local. So we're going to go grab something to eat and then, uh, and then call it a day and prepare for the Monday tomorrow. I have my, I have my, uh, full day booked tomorrow, uh, one-on-ones with all my staff members tomorrow. So awesome. Well, I hope you go into it with a clear head, with a fresh vision, with uh, confidence, because that's what your people need to see. They need to see a confident leader who knows where you're going and, and who's leading them. So, um, all right, well, I thought you were going to be like hitting the craps table or something and making some big money, but, uh, sounds, hopefully you have a nice dinner and, uh, maybe you can roll <laughs> a couple, a few dice. All right. Um, Hey, it was, it was really nice spending some time with you. I'm glad we did. And, uh, hopefully, the listeners get a, a lot out of this. I think that they will in any, any situation they are. They could be doing a couple hundred houses and need this. They could have never done a house before and I think they need this. So um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully everybody does too. So thanks for spending some time awesome. with me and thanks for, uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. I was like pulling teeth to get you to do it. You had to, you called me a salesperson to get you to do this. So you are really good at what you do. So, um, and I agree. I think, you know, people like, especially me, uh, you know, putting, pushing them. It's not really pushing them, but nudging them, I think, in the right direction. Right. I, I only needed a nudge to come on this broadcast. Right. It's not like it wasn't a tough. Uh, I don't think it was. Hopefully it wasn't that tough to get me on. But uh, I said, I said, you can get on a coaching call with me for two thousand dollars an hour or we can do it for free <laughs> on the podcast.
And he said, you're a good business to business sales guy. <laughs> so, all which right. is true, which is yeah. true. Well, um, and then I tell you what, what, what actually got you on here was me saying that there's a lot of people that need to hear this message, not just you. And, um, and then he said, okay, I'll do it. So that was it because uh, I think, I think that's it. Like uh, what people don't understand is everything that we're going through right now, we're not reinventing the wheel. It's everybody's going through it. I've been through exactly what you're thinking. And that's why I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to get on my soapbox talking about the CPA. It just went in right into my head when you were talking about it on Facebook Messenger. And I knew that we, we just needed to share this with whoever listens. You know, obviously we can't get across the whole world, but, um, th and that, that reminds me like, guys, if, if you listen to this and you know somebody else that needs this, please share this podcast with them. Uh, you know, give it a rating. That's, that's like currency for us in the podcaster world. Um, give it a rating, give it a review on iTunes, Stitcher, on uh, YouTube. We're on YouTube now, the seven figure flipping channel on YouTube. Um, just give us a review. Tell us what you think about it. I I email us at info at houselivinghq.com and just tell me that you, you like it. You're enjoying it. Thanks for putting it out because that's, that's the kind of stuff that drives me to get on here on a Sunday night at 9 p.m. to do this podcast and, and spend time with, with our members and, and bring it to you guys. So um, yeah, reach out to us. I'd love to hear it. That's, it's definitely what keeps me going and that's it. It's the only thing that keeps me going. So, all right. Uh, had a good time tonight and have fun in Vegas. Thank you, Bill. All right. We'll see you guys. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.